All right, my friends, welcome back to your Bible book by book. I am Pastor Luke, and this is the book of Psalms. Uh, Psalms is a pretty familiar book to most of us. Uh, people really tend to like the book of Psalms, and uh, one of the reasons why is because Psalms uh, are praises, they're songs, and so the uh, the actual word um, that we get the, the word Psalms from is, is a Greek word, Samos, so it was simply transliterated into English, which means they, we just carried it over from Greek into English and called it Psalms, but it literally means song. Um, in the Hebrew, um, the original name for the book would have been Tehillim, uh, which means praises. Um, and so the Psalms are a, a book of worship, adoration, thanks to God, um, and that's the primary act of worship that you see in Psalms, although there are Psalms that are um, crying out in desperation, um, and uh, some in in judgment, um, and uh, those are still valid expressions of worship. So Psalms were written uh, over the course of about a thousand years. Uh, the earliest Psalm that we have is Psalm 90, and that was written by Moses, and so Moses lived around 1500 B.C., um, and then the bulk of the Psalms, uh, about half of them, were written by King David. Um, so he wrote uh, over 70 Psalms um, that uh, have his name attributed to them, uh, 72 Psalms to be precise. And then there are uh, a couple more Psalms that are attributed to him as well that the New Testament says that he wrote. So um, almost half of the Psalms are written by King David. Uh, which makes a lot of sense because uh, David was a prophet, David was a poet, and David was um, the person responsible for organizing and establishing temple worship. So in First Chronicles chapters 16 and uh, also chapter 23, what you see is David um, making very strong and precise movements to organize the temple uh, worship, uh, the priests and the singers, and how, how um, God was going to be worshipped on a regular basis and the patterns that were going to be followed. And so uh, what they would have had was, um, as their guidebook, is the first five books of the Bible, the Torah. Um, and then as they were developing the Psalms, then they would have been adding uh, the Psalms to uh, their scriptures. So they, it, it would be kind of like what we would have in a lot of churches. Uh, we have a Bible in the pew, and then we have a hymnal uh, a lot of the times, and that's kind of what they would have had. They would have had their scripture, um, and then they would have had their uh, worship guide. And so the Psalms were prayers, and they were songs that they were using uh, to worship God. And so David, um, he wrote about half of them, and then the other half uh, are written throughout uh, the rest of, of Israel's history. Um, and what you see is that even in, until the exile and through the exile, uh, that there are still psalms being uh, written and composed um, and added to the, the book of Psalms. Uh, because of the themes that are present there, we, we can tell uh, for certain that some of these psalms were written during the exile. Uh, so there's 150 psalms um, in the book of Psalms, and it's split up into five books. Um, but the, the books are more or less arbitrary. 
Um, there's not a, a real strong rhyme or reason to the, the division of the books. Um, I mean, one of the reasons why they think that the, the Psalms was uh, split up into five books is simply to reflect the five books of the Torah, of the Pentateuch, um, to kind of complement uh, that, that, uh, that style or that uh, element of, of religious uh, uh, meaning and history. So the Psalms are written um, primarily as uh, poetry, and so one of the things that you, you may need to understand is, is how imagery and uh, uh, all the different elements of poetry are reflected in the Psalms and how to interpret that. So there are um, images, which are concrete embodiments um, that are used. And then there's uh, metaphors, which is implied uh, comparison. Simile uses like or as. Uh, personification, which is you know human attributes um, uh, given to non-human elements, um, and that oftentimes will be seen as you know the trees are clapping their hands and things like that. Um, and then uh, hyperbole, which is exaggeration for effect or or to express an, an emotional truth. Um, apostrophe, um, which addresses uh, something inanimate as if they could respond. Um, and then there's figurative language, which is just non-literal. Um, and on all these elements are found throughout the Psalms. And so as you read it, um, sometimes you, you just have to interpret some of these things as being poetic, that it, it's, it, it's more um, intended to elicit an emotional response than for it to be um, taken uh, literally. And so uh, there are a lot of different categories that the Psalms fall into. There are laments, there are praises, there's uh, thanksgiving and celebration, wisdom, um, royal psalms, historical psalms, um, some are prophetic, some are penitent, and then uh, some are what we call imprecatory. And imprecatory psalms probably need the most explanation, uh, because what uh, an imprecatory psalm is, is uh, basically a curse um, on a people uh, or an enemy that is um, uh, persecuting God's people. And uh, a lot of people find it difficult to wrap their minds around that idea that uh, this book of worship would include um, curses, that, that that doesn't seem to fit with you know, the uh, uh, nature of God or the nature of what worship is all about and grace and mercy and all those things. And so um, some people struggle with, with that idea and almost find it to be um, very difficult to even accept it as scripture. Um, but the, the reality is that there are many curses in the Bible, um, and uh, you find it uh, from uh, the, the beginning that there were curses that were declared by God uh, at the very beginning when, when the fall occurred, and then God declares that uh, there will be curses on God's people if they fail to uh, respond to God in faith, uh, that uh, when they trust God and follow God, that they are blessed, and when they refuse and they follow idols and, and turn their back on God, there are curses. Um, primarily, what we see is that God has declared something to Abraham. He says, uh, in Genesis chapter 12, those who 
bless you, I will bless, and those who curse you, I will curse. There, there are even uh, curses found in the New Testament, and we could uh, name a few, but uh, you could go and find 1 Corinthians 6, 22, Galatians 1, 8, and 9, uh, Revelation 6, 9, and 10, Acts 1, 20, Romans 11, uh, 9, and 10, that there are uh, curses found in the New Testament as well. It's not simply an Old Testament um, thing that happens, but it, it's uh, found throughout Scripture. And here's the, the main understanding of curses. It's not trivial matters that are, are being addressed here. It is uh, serious issues uh, where um, there are people who are um, persecuting or who hate God's people precisely because they are God's people. Um, and so the curse uh, responds in basic moral indignation. It's not in personal vengeance. In fact, uh, God forbids personal vengeance, and you can find a lot of the Scripture will uh, declare that as well. Uh, Leviticus 19, 17, and 18 um, primarily, and then in the New Testament, Romans 12, uh, 19 through 21. And, and the basic message is that uh, God will uh, avenge, that it is God's right and it is his prerogative to repay evil uh, with judgment, not, not our prerogative. Um, but we claim the, the truth of Scripture, which is that um, God shall um, be a just God. He is a just God and that he will judge uh, wickedness. Um, and in the meantime, uh, we praise God for his grace and his mercy because um, we depend on that uh, so much. And so um, that's one of the um, special elements of the Psalms that people need to understand as they're reading through. They may find um, some of those imprecatory Psalms uh, a little more difficult. Um, another couple of just unique elements of the Psalms. Uh, one is um, that Psalm 119 is the longest psalm, um, and uh, there's 176 verses in that psalm. And, and what that is, um, it is uh, a, a literary element where every letter of the alphabet was used to write um, a, a short psalm, and then it was all compiled into one. Um, and so we don't see that because it's in our English translation, doesn't appear that way, but if you were to read it in Hebrew, uh, then you would see um, how the alf alphabet is being used to compose the psalm to write this uh, long, um, basic praise of God's word. And, and that's really primarily what Psalm 119 is about, is, is how lovely and uh, wonderful it is to, to know and, and to trust God's word. Then Psalm 117 is the shortest psalm, um, and so in between 117 and 119 is obviously Psalm 118, um, which if you were to come to the middle of that psalm, it's, ki it, it, it's not precisely, but it is um, the, the average middle of the Bible, of the entire scripture. And uh, what that verse, is, verse 14, says is, The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. And sometimes people will point to that as being the um, primary message of the entire scripture. Uh, God is my strength, he's my song, and he has become my salvation. Um, and so you can um, use that as kind of a, a guiding 
light force uh, uh, idea for how you understand Scripture. It, it is all intended to lead you to a place of worship and a place of trust in God's salvation. Um, and then one last element is that Psalm 110 is the most quoted um, psalm in the New Testament. Uh, it's quoted about 26 times. And um, Psalm 110, verse 1, is the most quoted verse in the New Testament. Of all Old Testament passages, that um, verse is the single most quoted uh, verse in the New Testament. Um, and so that verse is um, a uh, messianic passage. And so that's where uh, the importance of it lies, is that it is declaring something about the Messiah and Jesus uh, and the New Testament writers claim that verse over and over and over as a declaration of who he is. It says, the Lord uh, says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Um, and so that passage um, is the single most quoted um, verse of the Old Testament in the New Testament. Um, that there is something very unique about that, which is that um, the Lord said to my Lord, um, which means that the Messiah would have a, um, an identity that is divine, that he would be a equal to God. Um, and so that becomes a, a pretty important uh, theme and understanding for the Messiah uh, that was missed uh, by the people uh, of Jesus' day. They, they did not quite grasp that the Messiah would be uh, the Son of God. Um, but as we understand and know, uh, the, the need for a perfect Messiah uh, was that he had to have the divine nature in order to fulfill the sacrifice completely for us. So uh, the Psalms point to that. Some of them, uh, like I said, are um, they're messianic, they're prophetic, um, and, uh, but they're all worth reading. And so uh, one way to read the, through the Psalms, and I'll throw Proverbs in there as well, um, is, is that if you read five Psalms and one uh, chapter in Proverbs every day, then you would read through the Psalms and Proverbs in a month. Um, and uh, that would be a, a good exercise uh, if your goal is to read through the Psalms. Um, if you take one Psalm a day, then it'll take you five uh, months to read through the Psalms. Uh, oftentimes in my Bible reading, I will um, be reading in other places in the Bible, and I'll just uh, go over to Psalms and read one Psalm a day and just add that to my regular Bible reading. Um, and so anyway, however you read the Psalms, um, you're going to enjoy it and it'll benefit from it. So I hope that you'll find uh, your way through that because it is your Bible book by book.